0: News. 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 news, 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 new, news. New York City. The
1: FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more
0: interesting by the minute. <laughs> F A Q. <A-Q. laughs> it's FAQ NYC, the New Yorkers podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers, the city. I'm Chrissy Greer here with Katie Honan. Hello, Katie Honan. Hi, Chrissy. Harry's off today. We miss you, Harry. We have a lot to talk about today on the podcast, like a state budget and parties. Lots and lots of parties I've been to. Okay, so on Monday, Kathy Hochul, Governor Kathy Hochul, said she had a tentative deal with lawmakers on a $229 billion budget for New York State. And some of the main notes. There's some changes to bail reform, including a tweak that would give judges more discretion to set bail for more serious offenses. Public defenders criticized these additional rollbacks, saying it will keep people in jail in pretrial detention. For the MTA, the state will give $300 million, and New York City will now have to cough up just $165 million, compared to the $500 million proposed by the governor. More money will also come from an increase in the payroll tax and from the new downstate casino licenses. Katie, you know, have thoughts on these casinos. And mm-hmm. Hong Kong, beep, beep, one bus line in each borough will have their fares waived in a two-year pilot.
1: On the city's asylum secret crisis, the state will now dole out $1 billion. For cigarette smokers, the tax on packs of cigs will increase from one dollar. To $5.35, which is the highest in the United States, but you could still buy your Newports because the menthol ban did not go through. What the budget doesn't have increased taxes on the wealthy, Hokel's housing compact, which would have ideally built 800,000 units of housing over the next 10 years. Part of that was asking suburban neighborhoods to build more high density housing, which they really, really opposed. That was near transit. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff to discuss. Obviously, I did not go through fully the big ugly, as it is called, with all that kind of stuff. If we get anything wrong, please feel free to tell us. <laughs> this is kind of happening last night, but uh, but yeah, that is what we have.
0: And there's great reporting at the city, so if people need to get the details and the nitty-gritty, they can go to the city. Um, So, Katie, before we get to this budget discussion, let's talk about another big Kathy Hochul story, a man named Adam Sullivan. So he's a political consultant who's been paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for his work with Kathy Hochul, advising on the aforementioned budget and other items. And he ran for the governor's 2022 election campaign that barely made it to victory, according to The New York Times. And, you know, I said— Had we had three more weeks, I think we'd be looking at a Governor Lee Zeldin. But Sullivan's also reportedly disparaged mostly younger female subordinates and insulted staff and shifted blame when things went wrong. The cherry on top is that he did all this from his home in a Colorado mining town. Sullivan announced on Sunday that he would leave his job, thanks to the reporting on it. The article also gave us this gem of a quote from Manhattan State Senator Liz Krueger. When asked if she'd ever met him, she says, quote, I've never met him. I've just heard bad things about him. Sorry, end quote. So Katie, let's get into the budget and the governor's questionable hiring decisions. And I'm going to throw this out there. Do we have a larger issue of just like Kathy Hochul being shady adjacent, because don't forget during the election season, there was that whole conversation about the Buffalo Bills stadium and her husband. Yeah. And, you know, just it seemed like some double dipping. And obviously, Democrats didn't really want to exploit that too, too much because we had Lee Zeldin snipping at her heels um, in a relatively tight governor's race, I would argue, um, for someone like Kathy Hochul, who had
1: already been a quasi incumbent. So where are we on all of this, Katie? You know, this, it was a great story from the New York Times. It was Jeff, Friend of the Pod, Jeff Mays, and Nicholas Fondos wrote this. Shout out and to Jeff Mays. Just, I, I guess the thing of all the egregious things in the story, I was like, this fucking guy lives in Colorado, yeah. right? Like, what the hell? You know, and that was the thing. You know, the story started with this anecdotal lead about how they wanted to do... um. An ad talking about crime, which was a, a large issue in the governor's race. And he was like, no, the story is abortion, which was sort of a widely panned decision on the part of the governor, because, you know, while that is a big national issue, it's not really as big of an issue in New York state and New York City thinks of the protections here in the state. Of course, maybe co- if you're sitting in your Colorado mining town, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what they're mining in Colorado. Um, th- that is probably maybe the biggest issue to you. Right. Um, and I think the this all moved very swiftly the story came out and within days the governor denounced him Um, he stepped down other than that you know he is this sort of shadowy person I think the governor had expressed expressed loyalty to him because he'd helped her in in previous campaigns but I just you know it kind of always goes back to my thoughts on political consultants is like they get paid a lot of money to not be very good at their jobs you know I said this during George Santos when um, Robert Zimmerman's campaign was complaining about the reporters. I'm like, you're complaining about the reporters. Right. There's fewer of us and there are political consultants. We don't make as much money. And your literal only job was to try to get someone else elected and point out the inaccuracies from George Santos. Don't be coming to me. Right. Um, Had so you all yeah.
0: done your job, you may have discovered, I don't know, one of the one billion glaring lies that this man told throughout the the entire
1: campaign. But go ahead. Exactly. So yeah, so I think, you know, the reporting of this is excellent. And and there's still, even though she won, I think obviously, um, I've used this metaphor in the pod before, but you know, even if you win a basketball game, you look at the tape, and -hmm. you see where you went wrong, because it's a win is still a win, but it was really close. And, and, and I think for how much money she had, for how many Democrats live in this state, um, it was a pretty pathetic showing. And if this was the guy behind it, I mean, there you go. There's the, there's the why. Um, I mean, this don't was, we always, yeah. don't we always have this
0: conversation when it comes to like DC consultants, you know, yeah. especially with a lot of these congressional races. Cause I mean, Hey, listen, you know, lots of folks keep saying, Oh, stop blaming New York for the loss of, you know, the house of representatives. It's like, I'm blaming New York because had we kept our four seats, then we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. And Joe Biden would be in the situation he's in. So I, I always feel like I think about it with DC consultants with this particular character with Sullivan. Colorado just seems so far into whatever it is that Kathy Hochul is trying to do or say, and the fact that no one has really met this man. There are no pictures of him, really. He's like this shadowy figure that has been essentially helping to run New York State. It just seems really um, sinister in a lot of ways.
1: There is. I actually, I I felt really stupid because I asked Jeff. I said, "What does this guy look like?" And he's like, "Well, there actually is. A, there was a photo of him in the story, but he's like in the background." Yeah. Well, I thought it was the black man down. she was hugging.
0: So I was like, "Oh, shady no. black man." I was like, "Look at us. <laughs> we no, can do all the things these days." But no, it wasn't
1: him. It was some man, like literally in the looking background. down at his phone. Every political consultant. Not that reporters are much better, but every photo is them just like ninety degree angle, head down, looking at right. their phone. So now that. He's he's going to be out. Um, I think
0: that, you know, obviously there'll be a larger conversation and culture of uh, bullying and sexism, which we know was rampant during the Cuomo administration. And obviously, just because you have a female at the head does not mean that the culture automatically changes. It tends to be better, but it doesn't mean that it changes. But for Kathy Hochul moving forward, I mean, this is obviously a distraction. She finally got her judge win, but she definitely took an L, obviously, with the LaSalle confirmation. So here we are with the budget, Kathy. Oh, <laughs> Katie, excuse me. Here we, we, are are t- we are both
1: Kathleen's. It is you true. You're both
0: Kathleen's. Um, Two Kathleen's. So we're with the, these budget conversations. Can we just double back really quickly and talk about casinos? Because mm-hmm. I've said this before on the podcast. I've said it several times, actually. I am anti-casino. Study after study says the casinos don't do anything for the communities around them. They don't bring in the money that's promised. All they do is actually bring up sort of gambling addiction to the people in the surrounding areas. People don't stay overnight. They don't eat the food. They just go in there. They spend money. They don't use cards. They just usually use the slots and items that essentially take all your money and the house always wins. And so they're always promised to these, to these communities as these beacons of economic hope. And like every single study, long-term study says it doesn't work. I mean, housing prices, you know, housing foreclosures always go up around casinos or the people who actually own, you know, job situations tend to get a little shaky because people stop going to work because they're addicted to gambling. Like gambling is one of these addictions that we don't talk about. You know, we talk about heroin and alcoholism and cigarettes, um, but we don't talk about gambling addiction, which has ruined so many communities and families specifically, but they're usually... Around areas where there are casinos, so why do we keep putting this out there as it's con- like this economic savior? When we have study yeah. after study that shows, and even with um, the increase in gambling, we also see the increase in alcoholism and then even sometimes drug use because of gambling addiction.
1: Yeah, you know it's this sort of race and this and this fever over going to get the downstate licenses i've covered the steve cohen push for it uh steve cohen owner of the mets the push for the one he wants to build one in the city field parking lot so i know that proposal the best and that to me and i've reported on this um you know, this is the thing. You hear the rumor Steve Cohen wants to build a casino. Cool. The problem is, you get into this complicated thing of City Field is on a parking lot, but it's actually technically parkland. The reason the stadium was built was because of a park alienation, which is a state law. Okay, that's a breathless way to explain that. Um, you had Assembly Member Jeff Aubrey a few weeks ago introduce. Well, let me let me let me let me rewind the tape. <clears throat> a couple months ago, these things called Queens Future QueensFuture dot These ads and this website pops up, and it's this video of, you know, a drone shot of City Field and its parking lot, which, by the way, the parking lot revenue that the Mets make is actually tied to with bond financing, right? And you have to pay like $60 to park there. And it's, Queens deserves better. We deserve a connected community. All this, and it's almost like borrowing activist language. And mm-hmm. it's this passive voice of we deserve – we don't want just 50 acres of asphalt. We want a vibrant community. And, of course, in a conversation like that, it ignores the, the fact that it's surrounded by two very vibrant communities, Corona and Flushing. But maybe it's not a billionaire's cup of tea. Maybe he doesn't want to go in a working-class neighborhood, a working-class large immigrant community, and actually eat there and enjoy the, the stuff to do there. Um, they had these visioning sessions at, at City Field. Steve Cohen's there. And, of course, Mets fans – are love this guy because this is the guy they think is gonna have the Mets win a world series again. So he's there, everyone's taking their fanboy and fangirl pics with him, and they it's all under the guise of him wanting a casino. They're talking about parkland and water access, waterfront access, and uh, improving the connectivity to Flushing Meadows Corona Park proper, which is next door and which it's technically inside. They release the results of what people want. Most people. Don't want to, you know, look, casino is at the very bottom of what these people want. And mind you, it's people who live in the community, but it's also a lot of Mets fans, right? Obviously, people say they want more things to do around the stadium, all that kind of stuff. So if you look at their own results, most people are like, i love a park. I'd love maybe housing. And mind you, it's a separate development plan than Wilt's Point across the street, um, which has nothing to do with Cohen's, uh, Steve and Steve Cohen and, and the rest of the Mets ownership. Um and then Jeff Aubrey, the assemblyman, introduces a park alienation bill, which explicitly names the lobbying firm owned by Steve Cohen to alienate it solely for a casino. Right. So that is mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of, and I, I that shocked me that you would put the name of the lobbying firm in the lead of the bill. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a dual sponsor in the Senate, just in the assembly. But yeah, so that is all. To say. It's a very long, I'm very passionate about this. It was a very long winded way to say, look, you know, everyone is obsessed with getting these casino licenses. And yeah, you're right. I mean, how will it benefit the community? Who will it benefit in the community? And especially when it comes to the Mets bid, it all seems very like, you know, I these Instagram ads keep popping up. They never once mentioned the word casino. The mm-hmm. website on queensfuture.com, there's not one word of casino. They say gaming, which is, you know, obviously right. we know means casino, but some people think I like an arcade. Yeah, some people don't with know the basketball that basketball means- game. Well, I think for me, part of the issue is like
0: this feels a little too close to the Buffalo Bills conversation, right. Where it's just like there's some lobbyists, there's backroom dealings. There's not really in full input from the community. There seems to be some disingenuous uh, framing of the benefits. I'm looking at you, Jay Z and Barclays. Um, you know we've seen this time and time again. So, like, I don't understand why we're having Groundhog's Day when it comes to these types of projects, where the only people who lose are the folks who are actually in the community. Um, and I don't want to. I want to get your expertise on a few other things. I don't want to keep harping on casinos, but I feel like we'll be circling back on this just because it's it's pretty gross. Um, so, Katie, you are on the MTA, even though you've talked about. Your car, but you you (laughs) don't. Hey,
1: I I take the MTA every single day, including this morning, and it's why I was late to recording this podcast.
0: (laughs) I um I support the MTA. I pay my two seventy five. Me too. Uh, But uh, you know we we laid out that uh, the state's going to give us three hundred million, um, and we have to cough up just just a smooth one sixty five, um, and that's better than the five hundred that was proposed. Is this a win in your eyes, or or where do we go from here?
1: I think the MTA always needs a lot more money than is being proposed. And when mm-hmm. it comes down to the, we would probably have to bring on a, uh, as my colleague Jose calls the, the transit, I forget the word he uses for the transit reporters, um, a real expert. I'm not out here reading budget books, but I do think, you know, this is, it was a lot of money proposed. Mayor Adams was immediately opposed to the suggestion that they provide $500 million the MTA um, and I think you know it goes back to casinos. Not to bring, not so we don't want to go on another casino tangent. But yeah, this is um, this is the promise of this economic development. Like, well, in order we can build X, but it'll fund the thing that you need that is crucial to survive in New York City uh, that desperately needs money for repairs, just maintenance. Yeah, the capital repairs, improved service. Um, transit ad- advocates and activists have continued to ask for you know I think it's the six minute service. Um, even this proposal to make all the buses free, this pilot mm-hmm. program, we'll see how it works. Yeah, I'm um, curious
0: about that pilot program. Listen, you know, I think the Second Avenue subway is a boondoggle. We can't go down, we can't go down. I get those crazy tweets. It's like, you know, you're misinformed. I'm like, am I? We're using data from 60 years ago and this thing is like hundreds of millions of dollars, like over budget and it's useless. So I am curious about Effective bus strategies, I am curious about, like, could we do something like the TransMillennial in Bogota, Colombia? You know, what does, you know, there are lots of buses in Germany that are free. I'm really curious to see, like, how this pilot program shakes out and what the borough-by-borough distinctions will be. And if it's done well, can it actually help support families and, you know, young people who need to get around? Because being able to move around a city is, you know, that's like a, that's a right. You know, I mean, if people... Can't move freely because of cost. We have a problem in society.
1: Yeah, and I think you know. I saw this was was a tweet from David Meyer. Uh, well, I know listens to the pots. So I hope he hears us. You know, he said the issue isn't the cost of the buses necessarily. It's the service. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to allocate money and invest in buses, especially, um, and I take the buses a lot, like you'll be waiting for a long uh, time. Sometimes yeah. the app doesn't work. You know, yeah. they three come at once. It can be. um You know, especially later on at night. And I know a couple weeks ago I said, look, I kind of – when people complain about the service being less than 15 minutes, a wait that's not 15 or more, I'm like, okay, enough. Like I kind of am maybe more forgiving of the MTA in some ways, although this morning I was late. So I was panicking and sweating on the train thinking about it because I hate being late. But, yeah, I think it's the service, right? Like Mm -hmm. even I remember – I guess it was a year ago Governor Hochul was like, wow, huge news. The Q70 bus to LaGuardia is free. It's like – but isn't it a free transfer anyway if you're coming right. from the subway? And right. I'm like, the what? Like that is not a big, huge win, rah, rah, let's throw a ticker tape parade because you made the Q70 free. I think what people want is better service. That's what they want for everything. Um, and I know this money, this investment is uh, in this budget is supposed to uh, – stop a proposed budget uh i'm sorry fair hike for the mta you know one ever likes paying more money especially when the service is bad um i don't know you know sometimes for the most part i have generally very few complaints for the mta but every so often it's just like you know what like i just want to i just want to kick a pillar and i just want to go home
0: (laughs) kick a pillar well listen um we haven't really had guests on just because listen we're
1: trying to do all we can keeping this podcast afloat but um i <laughs> love what, we sound like a like a the reba like we're just working <laughs> two jobs you know a tr- girl working 9 to 5 and then 5 <laughs> to 9 um uh, but i you know friend of the
0: podcast chris pangellinan who is my absolutely favorite policy transportation expert um i'm curious to hear what he has to say because A, he's he's a lot more like mild mannered and and <laughs> rational than I am. Um, but he talks about, you know, obviously he does a lot of work with the subways, but I am curious to get his opinion on the bus situation. Um just well, because, on. Come on, Chris. I know you listened to the pod. Um I will circle back because I I really do want to get his thoughts on where we are with the MTA. There's just um there's to me it just seems like it's run inefficiently. That's one part. Two, I think so many people who are in charge don't use public transportation or don't visit slash live in outer boroughs where they could sort of think about the city in a more holistic fashion. remember during the Bloomberg era, like the MTA board, like all of them had those free metro cards and none of them used it because they all had drivers. So it's like we need people who actually are at the table, who are stakeholders, who fully understand the necessity of all different types of transportation, accessible transportation at that. Um, You know, we had our little rant about the buses not taking dollar bills and tourists Mm. not even know how to, knowing how to get on the bus. I mean, that's just, we're so antiquated when it comes to um, other cities, but definitely when we compare ourselves to international cities, I don't know why we don't go to other cities and and sort of check that out. Okay. Shifting gears before I got to buzz on out of here, Katie, what else, I mean, you mentioned it really briefly, but I feel like we need to circle back. So the budget does not have the increased taxes on the wealthy, Mm-mm. or this housing compact would have, which would have built eight hundred thousand units of housing over the next ten years.
1: Why was that left on the chopping block? Just different nego- You know, it, this is was part of their negotiations, and I think especially the housing plan was so panned by so many um, Nassau, Suffolk, Westchester, n- mm-hmm. suburban county. Uh, legislators, And I think it was sort of, it seemed like uh, the governor, it was just like crisis mode trying to make sure, okay, I don't want to piss too many people off. Um, that is that. And, you know, this is all part of negotiations. Um, I know some people wanted to increase minimum wage. There's a- always these issues that don't get put in. Uh, and it's sort of going through to seeing what's in the big ugly, what what is in there and what isn't. Um, Who coined yeah, it the big ugly? I don't know. Someone listening probably knows. Mm, okay. So please tell us. Um, so yeah, so that is that. And I think it all, all politicians think about reelection and let's see a barely winning in November. Like it's interesting. I would be interested to see if the governor is challenged, actually has a a real challenge from someone who is like, no, we need to build more housing, who isn't Mm -hmm. as afraid of losing support in the suburbs because they do feel that they can generate enough, I guess. And I don't want to, I'm disparaging the suburbs as if no one in the suburbs is in favor of this. I just mean the people representing them for the most part. but yeah, so I think that is, we'll see what this last year's election and what this budget cycle, let's see what kind of momentum it can bring in terms of maybe uh, someone to the left of Governor Hochul and what kind of challenge she can actually, uh, what they, I don't I don't know why I said she, but they can mount if they want to actually challenge the governor.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm really curious as to who's going to challenge Kathy Hochul in the Democratic primary. Yeah, me too. In... 2026 I mean because she's ripe for a challenge I mean first of all to be fair women no matter how well they're doing get disproportionately challenged in a primary and even in a general election but definitely in a primary so yeah I'm curious as to who it'll be I mean I feel like you know Jumani, because he ran for governor or lieutenant governor then governor I don't know if that's a road that he can or should take um but yeah so stay tuned listeners okay so are we going to shift gears to the
1: party? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I dubbed this the party report in our Google Doc. <laughs> I wish we had like a little party report song. But I will ooh, say, <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> there's a couple of things. Uh of course the Met Gala was Monday night. The mayor did not go. We had Brad Lander and his wife went. Um oh, did they? Y- who who else went? Uh Commissioner Lori Combo, DCLA Commissioner Parks Commissioner Sue Donahue, uh Keith Powers, who represents the area of the Met. Um Councilman Chiose, because he's in charge of the cultural affairs. A, a, celebrities too. But since, you know, do you really care about Doja Cat? If you're listening, no, I Um, care about what Keith (laughs) Powers and
0: Brad Lander. Yes. Yes, I do too. Um, I thought Karl Lagerfeld was an interesting choice considering,
1: you know, his legacy has some, some question marks and, um, Hates fat people. I think. Uh, I saw some meme where it was a really tiny door. They said, "This is the entrance in honor of Carl uh, Lagerfeld." <laughs> um,
0: I mean, I just it. obsessive wealth with the cat, and I'm like, "Wow, you just don't care about poor people, huh? You want your cat to sort of live like a billionaire?" Great.
1: Right. I mean, the Met Gala is, I guess, a fundraiser, so it all. But yeah, I, I, the Met Gala seems. I didn't follow it too closely. I think you know, it's It would be funny for me sitting at home in my house sweatpants, like judging what people are wearing. Uh, I don't know Met why. Gala. I would think that you would really like it for whatever reason. I don't no, know. No, I'm not opposed to it. It's just I like looking at the dresses and how mm-hmm. people are dressed. But I don't know what they do it. I've actually asked Keith Power. I'm like, what do they do inside? I feel right. like I only ever see people on the red carpet. I'm like, are right. they eating? Are they well? Also, show? how
0: how do you eat? Because some of these costumes, I'm like, yeah. you look like you're at a table by yourself because no one else can fit at the table with this costume yeah. on. Or do you take the costume off in the bathroom and it's just like, okay, ooh, girl. Now I'm in just like, you know, a black dress and <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. It. I mean,
0: I'll have to look up. Maybe there's like a show
1: or like, is an awards? Whatever. Did they give I an award? Know. I don't
0: know. Um, I'm going to the Tenement Museum Gala, um, which by the time this
1: airs, it'll be over. But um, that's my big gala that I'm There you with. go. Um, the other thing that happened this weekend, the, which the mayor did attend, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, Um, And Chrissy, I know you were down in D.C. as well. You did not attend. I was.
0: No, I didn't go to the dinner. Shout out to my other podcast. Good friend Roy Wood Jr. I'm actually rocking a FAMU sweatshirt right now, um, which is his alma mater. Uh, So he hosted the White House Correspondents Dinner. uh, Big deal. For him, lots of New York folks were there. I did not go to that. That's that's also a fundraiser for um, journalism, which is great. Uh, I was, according to the New York Times, at the hottest ticket in town. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, 1962. Um, <laughs> I was at the Grio Gala, okay. uh, where we gave Gail King an award, Roy okay. Wood Jr. stopped by to say hello. Um Mayor Adams was in attendance. You know, Wes Moore, the governor of Maryland was there. Um, Jamal Bowman, I saw. Um, The two Justins from Tennessee were there. But Eric Adams not only was in the audience, with you know, some of the local black millionaires that I sort of, you know, bump into at various events. Um, But Byron Allen gave him a specific shout out on stage after Diana Ross performed. What? um, Saying that, you know, he was like, this is my favorite mayor. And the crowd was... Somewhat receptive. No one, you know, no one like no one booed or anything like that. Um, but yeah, he was in attendance, looking sharp as a tech, and it was very clear that Byron Allen, who's uh, you know in works to try and buy, was it PET against Tyler Perry? They're trying to buy something. I can't remember which one they're trying to buy. They're competing against one another. Two black millionaire billionaires. Um, uh, is a fan.
1: Wow. So Diana Ross opened for Mayor Eric Adams. He didn't speak. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um he didn't speak. But uh yeah, he's uh he was in attendance and it was it was quite nice.
1: And you also went to the Knicks game. I've been calling Chrissy Spike Lee because oh she's gosh. been I'm like, what are you at every Knicks game?
0: No, I wish. Um, but low-key, I was like 10 seats behind Spike Lee. So I went to round one game three. Um, friend of mine got me tickets and then I took, you know, this is what happens when you're good to people, right? I took my brother-in-law's best friends' kids who were like crazy Knicks fans, you know, eight and 10, just the sweetest little gumdrops ever. Then their parents got a box somehow from friends of friends and like a a fantastic like mid-court box. My seats were pretty good the first time, but so I went to round two game one against the Heat and I'd seen the Knicks versus the Heat during the regular season. Jimmy Butler, 0% body fat. Um, And you know, it's one of those things where honestly, Katie, I got to say, I've been to a lot of Knicks games. I've never been to a Knicks game where they lost. So I was one of those fans where I have like a warped sense of being a Knicks fan because my whole thing is, well, every time we go, we win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's great. And I've got my little Jalen Brunson. What are you crying Knicks about, Knicks guys? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, Knicks fans. Like, you know, get thicker skin. Now I get it. Just a touch where it's like we blew like a 13-point lead and then we end up losing. So I was like, oh, This is the life of a Knicks fan. I'm starting to see it. So, I don't know if I'll get any more tickets. I mean, this is just, you know, sort of luck that um, I had just nice people who gave me nice tickets and epic seats. Um, But it's, you know, there's nothing like going to a basketball game and just feeling like the thrill of a team and possibility and obviously nothing better than the garden nothing's better than the garden you know i hate barclays for a host of reasons but it's just like a rubbish rubbish arena um but there's nothing like the garden and i gotta say you know you know i've talked about mets fans where i'm like "Mm, i love the mets but some of the some of these fans make me feel a little american flag-esque um but i feel like going to the garden like the fans are just it's a real cross-section but everyone's so pumped like it's just like i don't know because they've all been in like an abusive relationship with the Knicks for so long, but there's a lot of just camaraderie, and uh, even in the sadness, it's just like, "Hey, man, you know, next time." Um, so, yeah, that's um. that's well, that. well, we'll know by next week how the Knicks did. Um, yeah, that's true. Come on, Knicks, go New York, go New York. Go. We, I I they could keep use saying
1: it. They I could keep, use a re- see that was that's a core 1994 memory for yeah, me as a kid. I could really use another ticker tape parade. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. I love a good
0: ticker tape. Now, speaking of parties. So I saw the the fantastic story about the weddings in Gracie mansion. <laughs> the, the mayors hosted some weddings at the mansion, which I actually, I don't, you know, I have issues with a lot of things. I don't know why I don't really have an issue with that sort of, um, if he says it's the people's house. Now it's a lobbyist who had a wedding there, a campaign staffer and someone else. Javier heiress. Okay, oh okay. that's right. <laughs> well, hers so, was a civil
1: star, yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, tell us a little bit about the Gracie Mansion story, and have we
1: have we lost a friendship with the mayor forever? No, I don't, oh, know. No, I don't really think he's really- ever coming on the pod. Um, he's too busy talking to Sid Rosenberg. The yeah, so check it out on the city.nyc. You know, I it's funny, and I'll I'll just briefly think uh, two things piqued my interest on this, and the first I put in the story, um they always have a party for reporters to tradition. You pay 50 bucks. Although this year they ran out of beer. I don't drink of these things anyway, but they ran out of beer pretty quickly. It was very, very tiny vegan apps. I didn't mind that they were vegan. It was the size of them, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then they were really rushing us out. 8.58. Mm. They were like, you got to get out. You got to get out. And, and for the first time it was only the f- one portion of the ground floor. And in previous years you had the full first floor the dining room. There's a little crudite platter, whatever, whatever. 8.58. They're like, you got to go. You got to go. As we were leaving Gracie Mansion, I see other people coming in. And I was like, Oh, we got two Is parties? there another party tonight? Like it's 9 p.m. on a weekday. I was like, What is going on? I'm asking the people that are coming in. I'm like, What is this for? Someone's like, Don't talk to her. Don't tell her. Um oh. I was like, what? It was raining too, ruining my blowout. But I'm just thinking like, what is going on? And someone finally said, oh, it's a law enforcement party, you know? And then I see on Instagram, it's a party for the Customs and Border Protection, uh, their holiday party. I still don't know how that happened or why it happened. So then I foiled, you know, for the list of all the parties. Uh, The thing about the city's freedom of information law, like, I don't mean any shade to anyone listening who's a foil lawyer for the city. But like, I'm literally getting... Foils from twenty nineteen where they're like extended. I'm like at this fucking point, like right. don't even just just put it to bed. So, and then a couple of weeks later, I see on Twitter lobbyist Scott Levinson gets married at City Hall, um, and I'm thinking, you know, good for him. But at the same time, like registered lobbyists in the city, like if he visits City Hall, he has to fo- register for it. Like, is there any regulation for that going to the mayor's house? Foil for mm. I actually you're sent you You're I such just, a good I, reporter. I, I just, I just what adore is you
0: this? And Ooh, then, such a good reporter.
1: I put in the foil request. You know, this is this is a funny true story. I hate to admit it. I literally forgot that I had foiled for it weeks earlier, and then I foiled for it again. Um, but it didn't matter because I haven't gotten either. But mm-hmm. just based on the Instagram tags of Gracie Mansion, it's kind of how I saw more weddings and more events. And it's just this question of the thing is, like, legally, Complicative Board is like, well, we really only regulate lobbyists giving gifts to politicians, not the other way around. It's his house. You know, it gets into this murky question of, like, it's the and is he house. in attendance? Yeah, yeah. He's he's performed okay. all the ceremonies. You know, the caviar heiress, um, her family owns Marquis Caviar. She said that some friends of hers connected, but she, she didn't want to speak further about how you know it's not every day you get to get married at the, in the mayor's house by the mayor. Um, right. yeah, I think there's larger questions about like. What are the costs to the city, right? Because it's even though everyone you bring, you know, they don't pay a rental fee, right? Which is like unheard of. If you get married right. at any other historic house, you pay a rental fee, you pay for all the food, you pay for the setup, the chairs, the this, the caterer, everything. Um, obviously, they were paying for the food, the caterers, the if they had it, you know, they didn't have a DJ from what I could see, but, but it's, it's
0: still cost to the house, like there's still the city's incurring some cost, yeah.
1: You know, parks departments, there, police, you know, that's a little bit harder to quantify. Um, but anyway, I thought it was a fun little story and. You know, people's house. If you want to get married at Gracie Mansion, you just got to yeah. know the guy who lives there. Um, and yet there's a wedding industrial complex. So to, it really is the only place probably in New York City where you, I think you even have to pay for the permit if you get married like under a tree in Prospect Park.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, everything is in I mean, this city. Jesus, it's going outside. It's just expensive. Um, well, I guess we can pretty much seal the deal that Eric Adams is not going to come on. And <laughs> you, <kid. laughs> just one by one. He's just like, 100%. you know what? None of y'all. I think we might be over three, 3 uh, or maybe 0. 0.5 for 3. I think he's sometime you on Chrissy Greer.
1: Um, <laughs> if, he, if 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 me and Harry both come down with food poisoning on a right. Tuesday and I cannot, maybe Mayor Eric Adams will say, I will speak with Chrissy Greer. But who knows? You never well, know. You interesting. Might- I haven't
0: been invited to any, you know, under de Blasio, oh. just for miscellaneous, you know, political events, I was invited to lots of different things. I haven't been invited to a single thing at Gracie Mansion.
1: Well, I mean, just show up. I mean, there's parties all the time there. You can probably just like roll up. And <laughs> I'll let you know when they are. <laughs> pull
0: up, uh, right? Just pull up. This that, that.
1: Pulling up. On that note, um, thank you all for listening. See you next week. Any questions, complaints, or comments? Direct them to Chrissy. Gr- no, I'm just kidding. You could, yeah, you could send them to both of us. I enjoy talking. I enjoy talking to you. I know you too, you're, Chrissy. You're, you're a really good reporter. You really are. F A Q. This has been FAQ NYC. We're part of The City, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard-hitting reporting that serves the people of New York. Our work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc and is supported by listeners and readers like you. Go to thecity.nyc give if you'd like to pitch in. We are an affiliate of NYU's McSilver Institute for Poverty, Policy, and Research, and a proud member of the Brickhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists. Find it all at Popula.com. Our hosts this episode were Chrissy Greer and me, Katie Honan. Harry Siegel is our executive producer. Adam Kamara is our engineer. Thank you, listener, for joining us and making it this far. Be kind, be cool, and we'll be back soon with more.